What's up, Instagram? Andy Day here, doing another interview on The Progression Show. I got Ellie in the back recording. And today we get to interview Danny Morell. Danny is the president and founder of Intero Real Estate. They have well over 400 agents doing real estate transactions all up and down Southern California. And today we get to interview him. Danny Morell is a powerful individual. He went from an 18-year-old tortilla delivery person to now owning Interior Real Estate, Southern California's premier real estate service company. He has well over 400 agents and seven offices in Southern California. Let's go and take a look. All right, so let's dive right into it, Danny. You know, so let's let's take it back to before all the success that you yeah. we see now. Let's take it back to tortilla days. Tortilla days. <laughs> How do you even know that? That's awesome. Yeah. Let's, let's bring it back there to go, right. go from the tortilla days Forward. all the way to where we are right now. Well, what do you want to know about the tortilla days? That, that, that mindset, man. You're you out there in the streets hustling. Yeah. Look, I'll tell you where it started, man. Um, you know, I. Um, I, I was in a place in my life, I was 18 years old, I had just graduated high school, and I will never forget, I remember you know, um, that Tom and Jerry moment. You might be a little too young, but there was a cartoon called Tom and Jerry. I used to watch it, man. Okay, Come cool, on. all right, good. So it was a little cat and a little mouse, and right. like the little like devil and the angel, and they would like tell the cat, either be good to the mouse or be bad to the mouse. Right, know, right. Like, Go get them or you know, be nice, you know, whatever. And I remember having that moment where I thought, you know, it's like if I go work for someone else, I'm gonna go live a life just like everybody else around me lives. Right. And when I looked at the life that everybody around me was living, it's not the life that I wanted to live. Hmm. And then I thought, if I go and just try to work for myself, then I um, have a potential of making a lot of money and at least being free and at least having no no ceiling financially above me. Where where did that spark that idea spark where you can either work for yourself or work for someone else? I'll, I'll tell you where. I, I and I this I think this is the first thing people have to realize. Satisfaction is the enemy of possibility. Hmm. Satisfaction is the enemy of possibility. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'll, I get messages all day long of people asking like, how do I get motivated? Uh, what's stopping me? Uh, why don't I want to work? Uh, how do I not know what to do, right? The only reason people are stuck in that mindset is because they're satisfied. Satisfied as in? Well, I'll show you. See, when I looked at my life at that time, I got very, not only unsatisfied, I got very upset. Why? I got upset at the fact that I was living in a two bedroom apartment. I got upset at the fact that my little brother was gonna have to be raised in the hood like I was raised. I got upset at the fact that I wanted him to have the best schooling possible so he could have a better chance at playing baseball, which is what he wanted to do. I got upset at the fact that my mom wasn't making enough money. I got upset at the fact that I didn't have the right clothes that I wanted to wear. All these things were going on in my head that caused me to be unsatisfied. You see, when you're unsatisfied, you don't have the option to ask anybody how to be motivated. You don't have the option to ask anybody what to do. You don't have the option to, you figure it out because you're unsatisfied. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. there's something bothering you in your life so much that it makes you say, no, this is not good enough. Wherever it is that I'm at in life right now, this is not good enough. Yeah. You know? It could be something like a piece of furniture. It could be something like, you know, if, if you're living in an apartment right now and, and, and you've become accustomed to those little white tile kitchen counters on the apartments, that needs to piss you off. 
Because why don't you have granite or marble or, or something beautiful? It could be the car that you're driving and you're used to driving it. I, I don't know how humans do this, but they're used to driving it with like the little, little pebble hit the glass. Mm -hmm. And then the glass starts like chipping away and they're just driving around like that for three or four months. This is why they do it, because they're okay with it. That, but that, that brings it back to what, and I, I wanted to touch on this topic, sure. right? Standards. Yeah. Not only standards, what's your beef with Honda? <laughs> it's like, listen, I don't have beef with Honda. It's, 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 what you're asking me is, what's my beef with a cracked iPhone cell phone screen? No, no, no. That's what? exactly what it is. No, but listen, listen, it's just listen. It's, it's, you're asking me, what's my beef with, um, with organic vegetables versus non-organic vegetables? Right, right. What's my beef with grass-fed meat versus regular meat? What's my beef with a custom suit versus going to the men's warehouse? I will never in my life step foot in the men's warehouse. Hmm. I will never in my life. Have you ever life, done it? No. You know, you never went to I, men's warehouse? No, why would I do that? Okay. So, I went one time because my best friend was getting married and that Eddie was getting married. You guys know Eddie on Instagram. He was getting married and he made me, he even told me, he's like, bro, just do it for me. I go, I'm doing it for you. It's okay, I'm doing so it for you. you. Are you telling me you went from tortillas to custom suits? I went from tortillas to Hugo Boss, yeah. He, tortilla to Hugo Boss. Because that's what I thought was in back then. Okay. And then okay. once I saw that there were custom suits, I never went back. I saw a post on, on Danny's <laughs> Instagram, right? And he was saying that he wanted to buy a car or he was searching for a car. And oh, someone, but it's coming tomorrow. It's, it's what, coming what, what is it? What is it? I got the Range Rover. Range Rover. Yeah. And then someone commented and was like, why don't you get a Honda Odyssey? So let me explain to you. Does he see? Wait, before, before you explain, before you explain I just wanted to share. Uh -huh. I'm over here watching and someone says Honda Odyssey and he's like, I would never drive a Honda. And he starts, <laughs> he starts bad mouthing Honda and I'm looking at my garage and I'm like, I just purchased a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But, but this is awesome because I get to level up. It, thank you. So look, I didn't badmouth Honda. What I said was, and I was joking around, you know, yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, hey guys, look, I love you, but you're all making recommendations of, you know, Honda, Toyota, whatever. I go, I, I just... I don't, I just don't do that. I don't understand that, you know? And you know, this one particular lady just happened to say, you're so about brands. No, no, I'm about a certain level of quality. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm just picky. Like, when I hear the door shut, I like to hear that, 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 that air lock tight. Yeah. When, when I hear the door shut in some cars, you don't hear that, you hear like a, mm -hmm. you know? it's. When I, when I touch the button, when I touch the button on the radio and I go to turn on the radio, it, it feels flimsy versus feeling thick and, and powerful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like these little things that I notice when I, when I sit down in a seat, you mm -hmm. know? And it's, it's, it's all about having standards. Now, now, listen to me. You're talking to a guy who, you know, his first automobile was like a Ford Mustang because Sometimes you're just not exposed to, you know, the right thinking or sometimes for where you're at, that's where you got to go. You know, I, I'm, I'm blessed that I have the ability and the capacity to go out and do what I want to do. So therefore, why not do it? So is, is your story a rags to riches story or is your story a riches and riches story? No, it's a rags to riches story, but I but there was always a richness in the mind. Gotcha. Yeah. So so you had this level of standard that you wanted to acquire since you were young. I can I can say that since I was young, I remember always wanting to be different. And even though I was the guy, dude, I was the guy who used to who used to 
be so embarrassed that my mom was on welfare mm. and I had to get on the free public assistance, uh, the lunch at high school, the free public lunch mm. in high school. I, was, I had such standards back then, I will never forget this true story, that I would not stand in that line. I would rather go ask everybody for a quarter and I would like literally beg, that's what I would do, or hustle, whatever you wanna call it, every single day in school, in junior high, until I had raised $2 so I could buy myself a cheeseburger and a soda. Gotcha. And I would rather go through the embarrassment of asking, that's what I was known for. I was a guy, hey, do you have a quarter? 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 Hey, I would rather go through that embarrassment than the embarrassment of standing in the free lunch line. So share with me your philosophy of just not accepting then. My man, I don't, I think it's all about a choice. It's a choice. I really do. I, I think it's all about, and, and this is my life's mission. My, my life's mission is to help people to understand they have a choice. Mm. You see, people don't think they have a choice because of their conditioning, because of their thinking, because of their upbringing, because of their family background, because of the people that they have in their life right now. P people don't, they don't think they have a choice. They, they, most human beings walk around this planet thinking that they have to settle. I, I, just, I just got a message this morning on Instagram. I got a message because I posted you know, I went to the grocery store, uh, I'm on a strict diet, and I noticed that there was two little bunches of organic asparagus, mm -hmm. but there was like 50 bunches of non-organic asparagus. Mm. The organic asparagus was $5 per bunch, the non-organic as asparagus was two for five bucks. And I said, people, why do you think there's more non-organic stuff than the organic stuff? It's simple, because people don't care. They don't care, they don't, they don't, they don't think of themselves highly enough to say, no, if I have a choice between the good stuff yeah. and the not so good stuff, damn it, I want the good stuff. You want the good stuff. People just go, well, that'd be nice, but yeah, let me just take this. What about for those who don't have money, who don't have the money to it's afford it? It's not about not having money, my man. It never will be. It's never about not having money. It's about you getting clear with what you want. Look, I'll tell you a story. My fr I've been in real estate now for 20 plus years. It's a long time. Mm. My people ask me all the time, you know, I don't have any reserves. I'm thinking about quitting my job, but I'm a little nervous. I don't know if I can make it, blah, 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 blah. Look, as a coach, I understand. I get that. As a human being, I don't get that. Because the way I'm wired, here's what I did when I decided to get my real estate license. Number one, for most people, it takes them six to seven months to get their real estate license. Mm -hmm. It took me 60 days. 60 days? 60 days. Okay. I found the best school. I paid immediately. I did the tests. I sped through the process. I took the test. I failed it the first time. I got it rescheduled for the next day. I got it. Most people, they, they, they don't know where to go. They, don't, they, they, they worry about the money. I didn't have the money. I borrowed it from somebody, a family member, a relative. I told them I'd paid it back. When they, when they fail the test, they're freaking getting drunk because they failed the test and it takes them three weeks to emotionally get back in the game again. I scheduled it for the next day. I didn't have any pity party. I got my license. Mm. The day I got my license, I went out and found the broker. The day I found the broker, I walked in. I said, listen, Mr. Broker, I don't know who you are, but who's the number one agent in this company? And he just starts chuckling. No, who's the number one agent in this company? This guy. How what many? year was this? She's 1997. Okay. Long time ago. And, um, and I said, who's number one? And he says, so-and-so. How many houses did he sell? 32 a year. Perfect. I'm going to be number one this year. First year in the business. 
So you had this guts to just walk into the building. I just, yeah, Did man. you do any research on the company before going in? No, I, it was just like, see, that's another thing, man. When you have this kind of passion, the universe just brings all the right people and circumstances to your favor. Mm, okay, got it. Like, look, man, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like, you're hearing me right now because you needed to hear this message. Mm. Because you're at a place in your life where you needed to hear this. They're hearing me right now. They found you to hear this message. That's the way it works. And the people who are ready, it resonates with them. It, it, it does something to them and they move, you know? Yeah. I happened to meet a real estate agent because I wanted to buy my mama a house. I was at a job fair. I met him, he showed me to the broker. Next thing you know, everything happened. Yeah, so, okay, the, so then, you know, so then now I have the guts to say I'm gonna be number one. Well, today in real estate, everybody wants an office. I didn't want an office. I wanted to earn an office. There's a difference. There's a major, major difference. So I sat in the cubicles just like everybody else because I, that made me angry, angry, furious. So it drove me to work harder. What everybody today likes to do is they like to sit in the office, kick back, relax, and think that they've made it. I knew I didn't make it. I knew I didn't make it. And so I worked seven days a week. I still, no, no, I'll be honest. I just won that battle. I just won that battle. Of? I'm at a place where financially I am, I don't have to work. How do I say this? But for the level of achievement that I, I know I'm destined to, I needed to nip that in the bud and realize I'm not even close to making it. Hmm. No. There's a new fire, there's a new passion. And what are you hungry for? How do I say this? I know that within me is the capacity to help millions of people. Millions. I'm talking millions of people. Wow. And um, again, I, I don't know exactly how that's going to manifest, but I know that it is. You can clearly feel it at my event. I put on a three-day event called Relentless. You know about it. People leave that event and like their lives have, they start making more money, they start losing weight. So I know I have the capacity to literally impact millions of people, and that's what I want. I wanna be that type of a transformational resource for human beings on this planet who choose to want the best in life. That's what I want. Gotcha, and what, what creates that desire in you then? Like what is it that happened in your life that you said, you know what, yeah, I wanna help other people? Yeah, it's, it's knowing that at one point in time, I was poor on welfare, living in a two bedroom apartment. And by the age of 27, I was building a beautiful custom home where I was the only Hispanic, like people thought I was the gardener or something. And, and, <laughs> and you know, yeah, yeah. They think, they think you either got work, but thought, you own yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm, you know, they come up to the now, room, this hey, home, where's your parents? This home wasn't Possibility Lane, was it? No, Possibility Lane is our new home. That's, okay, that's, yeah. and so how old are you now? 41. So that's what, that's 13, 14 years ago. Uh-huh. So 14 years ago, you're building a home. Yeah. So how do you go from that home to Possibility Lane, your current home now? I lost everything, first off. Okay. Yeah, the market tanked, I this lost This is around the like 2008 time? 2007, 2008, okay. yeah, I absolutely lost everything. Now, educa educate me on that because at that time I was in sixth grade. Sure. So educate me That's on that. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. Educate me on that. You know, what was going on that so this crashed? So look, the greatest advice I can give you is that it wasn't as a result of the market. It was a result of my poor decisions. 
So you're taking responsibility. You have to take responsibility for everything that happens in your life. Everything. I don't give a damn what it is. It, it, your, your money, you got to take responsibility. Your, your health, you got to take responsibility. There, there is no poor me. There's no, in some way, shape, or form, maybe it's the way I think. Maybe it's who I associate myself with. Maybe it's, it's, it's the food that I'm eating. Maybe it's um, the, my work ethic. It's in some way, shape, or form, I'm responsible for this. Now, do you believe in God? I do. So how far is God involved in this, in the success that you've created? I think that God gives me the mindset and the spirit that I have to think that way. Gotcha. See, here's the difference. This is big in the Hispanic culture. In the Hispanic culture, it's very, very big that people say, you know, uh, in, in, in Spanish, it's si Dios quiere. Like for everything. Like, I'll see you tomorrow. Whatever God wants. Well, whatever God wants. For something as little as, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> what do you mean with God wants? I just, I'll see you tomorrow, dude. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But it's just literally, it's a conditioning. It's a conditioning. And what starts to happen is whether you realize it or not, you're, you're essentially saying, like, I can't move unless God wants me to move. Hmm. I just don't see that type of relationship with God. I see it that God gave me uh, gifts. He gave me an anointing. He gave me supernatural power. It literally says it in the Bible that we're created in his image. Right. So that means that we have the ability to envision, manifest, and create just like he does. See, but people don't see that. So I don't ever say if God wants, because I, I already know he wants. He's been wanting since the moment I was born. So he how, how do you distinguish you? between yeah. what you want and versus what you believe God wants for your life? I just trust my gut. Okay. Just trust your gut. I just... Yeah, because that's God, man. God is in you. Right. That's, that's the spirit world. Okay. And then now let's, let's go into something that I think many people in my age or in my mindset would have is now. Let's go into the wife. You know, being, being an entrepreneur but also creating the family and, and honing, before you create the family, you get your wife. Right. You know, talk to me about that time that you met Claudia and how that came about. Okay, so, do um, you know we're going through a divorce? No, I didn't. Yes, so I, I think this is very important for us to talk about. I, I had no clue. It's okay, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. Here's what I will say. Um, for all of you out there that are young, how old is your audience? 24, 25, 30. Okay, this is the best advice I can give all of you. Um, first off, I, I love her. She loves me. We're, we're in a very, very good space. What I didn't realize is that emotionally, as a human being, when I made the decision, please pay attention because it is a decision. When I made the decision to get married, I, as an individual, was not emotionally healthy enough to make that decision. Here's what I mean by that. I, I came from a broken home, okay? And so um, not only a broken home, but literally our mom brought us away and my dad, like I never saw him again type of deal. And as a result of that, I, I had to like literally like raise my little brothers. So my mom wasn't like a mom to me. She was my, more like a co-parent to me. Mm. So growing up that you, way- Were you the oldest? I was the oldest, yeah. Okay. So growing up that way, I was lacking family. I didn't, I didn't have family structure. Not only that, but I was so determined to work and make money and so forth and so on. So, uh, emotionally speaking, while most young men are out, you know, hanging out, having a good time, whatever, you know, going to college, maybe going about, I didn't experience any of that. Wow. Dude, I was working. I mean, I, 
I mean, I was like working, working, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So um, on top of that, so you got that, on top of that, I'm so goal driven that, you know, all the other older people around me, because I can't really relate to the younger people because I'm all like, I'm in business now. Right. They're married, so I got to get married. Yeah. So I literally was just in my mind wanting to get married for the sake of getting married hmm. versus being in love versus, you know, being in love with myself first, right? You got to be sure that you're good first with you. That allows you to then realize what you love about somebody else. And that was my... It was my emotional mistake is what it was. Wow, that's powerful, man. Um, yeah. I think that was the message I needed to hear. Okay, good. You know, I have, a, I have a coach that I work with every single morning. I talk to her at 9 a.m. every single morning. Okay. And so we got into the part about the relationship and creating it, the life that you want. And so I'm, you know, hanging with people who are very successful, married, or just recently got married. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, that's what I got to do. You listen. No, 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 no. You don't have to do anything. You're on, on, you're, on, you're on a path right now. Enjoy that path. Become the best you that you can absolutely be. Envision your dream life. Envision your dream wife. You do not budge. You do not, you do not deviate until you find that dream human being. And until then, you have to have the strength to be okay with being by yourself. Hmm. So, but as I look, as I'm interviewing other successful individuals, reading the books, reading about relationships, I'm recognizing that many of them have a commonality where they have a woman behind them that's pushing them and elevating them. What do you got to say about that? Well, that's a tough question. And it's, and it's a tough question because... Um, it's a tough question because I think that truthfully, most people aren't happy in their relationships, truthfully. I'm talking like passion. I'm talking like romance. I'm talking energy. I'm, I'm, I'm talking, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I think people are perfectly fine coexisting. Well, now this is really, I'm sure the women are gonna benefit from this, but also the men who are in a similar predicament that I'm in, whether they're 50 years old. I mean, I've oh, interviewed. Yeah. So, hey, by the way, guys, I'm an open book. I'm just trying to be honest from my, from my learnings from, from what happened to me, you know? But here's what I will say. I, I think that when you have the right woman, right? Um, Claudia supported me through absolutely everything. I think that is definitely an asset and a value add. What I'm trying to tell you is don't rush anything right. because you can be perfectly successful by yourself right now. Well, my question is, is it a prerequisite? No. Okay, so you don't believe that it is? No, who says that? No, 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 no. It, it, I'm, it, I'm just finding that. Happiness, bro. Uh-huh. Happiness. You're, I, I read something, there, there was a saying, there was a saying, don't celebrate a 50-year marriage until you know what it's done to each of the individual souls. Hmm, that's deep. Like, what good is it that you were married for 50 years if you weren't happy? Right, right. And I'm telling you, I've seen it in my own family. Where the, people are just hanging out with each other just because they don't have another choice. No, that's deep. Wow, that's powerful. So what you're sharing, what you're sharing is for 
me and the audience to really hone in on our happiness Dude, this is, and this have is our dream wife or dream person and focus on. And if you don't get that, don't budge. Don't budge. And this is the same, my, 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 she feels the same way. I want her happiness. I had to come to the conclusion that I, I, I wasn't the man, quite frankly, that could cause her to be happy. Hmm. And that breaks my heart saying it, but it's the truth. You see her now, she's doing a bodybuilding show. She's in the best shape of her life. She's opening a new business. For some reason, when she was with me, she, she, she felt like she couldn't do that. And I got to accept responsibility for that, man. That was, my, that was my doing. I did that, you know? So what does that do to you in, in, in your it life? Just, it just makes me grow. Makes you grow. It, it just makes me be thankful that, that, I'm, that I'm growing. I, I, I have a disease, and the disease is called I see the positive in everything. <laughs> I literally don't see the negative in anything. Because you do have that choice, you know? You can see the negative or you can see the positive, you know? So where in your life do you recognize that you don't have a choice? Because I see that you're talking about choices and you have a choice and you're in control majority of the time, but is there a place in your life or an area in your life where you don't have control? No. You have control everywhere? Well, we all do, yeah. We, have, we all have control everywhere. I mean, yeah. So for those who would, would hear that and they say, do you think you're God? What do you have to say to them? I think we all are, yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I love that. But that's biblically based. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's, that's, You see, man, listen. You don't, like, an, an apple tree isn't an apple tree. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you're an, an apple and you're born from the apple tree, like, it's because you're a freaking apple. Yeah. The tree is an apple tree. That's, yeah. That means that you have the same capacity that the apple tree does. I mean, you're talking to somebody who literally ran by, you're talking to this, uh, this poor little Hispanic boy who ran by a neighborhood one day and said, you know what, one day I'm gonna live in that area. I'm gonna live in that area. And two years later, I was living in that area. That's God-like powers. Okay. We all have the ability to envision what we want. So now let's talk about emotions then. Okay. Are you emotionally driven? Well, there's three things that all human beings must master. The difference between their thoughts Feelings and emotions. Okay. Thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Feelings and emotion, what's the difference? Uh, the emotion is something that causes you uh, motion. Think about it that way. Like um, uh, a feeling is um, disappointment. That's a, that's a feeling. Okay. A feeling is pride. An emotion is anger. Gotcha. So the, so the emotion is what causes you to take some sort of action, whether positive or negative. Sure. And typically an emotion is fueled by a, uh, a feeling. And a feeling is fueled by a thought? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So now how do you master the three? Oh my God. That, that takes a lot of studying. How did I, I you? Have, I have a coach in my life right now. He's one of the, he's one of the greatest blessings to my life. Um, I pay him quite a bit of money. And I speak to him every week and I meet with him once a month and, and he is helping me to master that area in my life. How have you so far? What strategies have you taken so far to master the three? Yeah, that's great. I think, I think the first is number one, be conscious of it. Okay. Like, again, I think most human beings aren't conscious of what's going on all day long here and in here. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is you have to be conscious of it, right? You know, um, again, I talk to people all the time, man, you know, I'm just afraid of making the phone call. Okay, well, where, where does that, that, that feeling, right, come from? What's, what's the thought that's driving that? It's inadequacy. 
is people feel inadequate. Okay, mm. great. Now we now we can talk. Where did you learn that? Where mm. did you learn to feel less than other people? At, you know, it was third grade. Tell mm. me about that. You know, it was in third grade when I when I when I got up and I raised my hand to give an answer and I gave the wrong answer and the class laughed at me and I sat down. You see, we get imprinted with these little things from our ego and our ego says, whoa, whoa, whoa you don't want to feel pain. Don't do that again. Gotcha. You know what I'm so saying? what you're doing essentially is you're unlearning and relearning. Oh my God, all day long. Dude, it's, I mean, I'll just tell you, it's, it's for us as minorities, it's one of the biggest battles that we have to face. Like, I, I don't ever really even say that word like minority. I don't, because th th that already is, right? And, and, you know, I'm a member of a country club. I'm a member of a country <clears> club. <throat> Because for me, I wanted to put myself, not only do I love golf, but I wanted to put myself in circumstances and situations where I don't see myself different than anything else. And yet at the same time, I could go be a member of like the Hispanic group. You know, there's like the Hispanic group, the black group, the whatever. I'm not a member of those. And people ask me, why not? What's wrong with you? <clears throat> it's very simple because I, I don't think of it as Hispanic or black or white. I, we're all human beings, man. We're all human beings. The minute that you you group yourself with, with other people just based off of this, you're empowering the damn thing that you don't want. Hmm. You're empowering it. Gotcha. You're saying it's us. I don't, I don't like us. I like all. I like all of us, you know? So now let's go, let's go back. Now, back, back, in the, back in the day, did you ever put yourself in positions that you weren't quite, quite ready for? Like, like, for example, I know Albert Preciado, who is a mortgage lender. Did he, what he was talking about was he used to sleep in his car, but he would work out Equinox, kind of creating proximity as power, understanding that. Did you ever do something similar when you were younger? I mean, I never slept in my car. No, I'm, I'm talking about getting in the proximity of others who are much more successful than you. I mean, look, I think I did that. But to be honest, man, and I don't know how to explain it. I'm just giving you the honest to God truth. I was always just like, I always knew my power, hmm. my value, right? My uniqueness. And so as a result of knowing that, I never needed to put myself in that position because the minute you put yourself in that position, it's like you're trying to be something that you're not, whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? I'd rather just go out and, and work through it and become what I already know that I am. Gotcha. You know, now that's not to say that I don't live in a great home or whatever the case may be because yeah, there's better energy and there's better people, sure. But that example, I wouldn't say relates to me. I, I, I would say an example that more relates to me is I just decided very early on at a young age what I wanted and I believed in myself wholeheartedly and I just, Went out and worked, man. So then for, so based on what you've accomplished so far, what is your vision now for the future for you then? How big can you get? How powerful can you be in the next 10, 15 years? I don't, you see, I don't, again, I don't think it's how big can I get or how powerful can I be. I think it's how many people can we help. I'm, I'm, I know that sounds cheesy, but I'm just really all like. Oh, that makes sense. Everything that I do in my life, you know, other people sell wallets or, or gizmos or technology. You know, I don't know, you know, everything that I do in my life is all about helping other people. My real estate brokerage is not a real estate brokerage. I mean, it's a real estate brokerage. My, my real estate brokerage is a, a life transformation company is what hmm. it is. Real estate just happens to be the vehicle. My coaching company, I mean, it's a coaching company, yeah, but what we're doing is we're, we're helping people change their lives, you know? And so all I wanna do is take what I'm already good at and just magnify it. That's, that's, that's the intention. And then so earlier in the, earlier in the interview, you were talking about how you wanna transform millions of lives. Mm -hmm. 
So do you have a set number or is it just, hey, I'm gonna just hit as many people as possible? I mean, you know, I have a set number in business for what we are gonna do with the real estate company. I have, a, I, I know we will be a national brand. I've got a set number for what we wanna do in my coaching company, absolutely. I've got a set number for goal in terms of the amount of units that I wanna own. There are set numbers. Um, but I tend to look past that and I tend to just envision my dream life. And I think if you can envision your dream life, all the numbers will, will have to appear in order for you to live that dream life. So paint the picture of your dream life. Uh, I'd rather not. Why is that? Uh, that's for me. So you don't, want, you, don't want, you don't like to share your dream life? I do. I'll just leave it at, I'm helping a lot of people. And I, I'm, I mean, you saw the picture of me at Stephen yeah. Center. Yeah. You know, it, it has to do with me being on stage. Relentless is the predominant event in the country. And um, yeah. So now, you know, is it valuable to share your goals or is it valuable? Like, because, you know, this coaching Sorry, class. Let me, so let me be honest with you. My, my goals and what I want is, is so big. I think it would serve a, dis, a disservice to the audience. I'd rather just go out and live it. A hundred percent. I'd rather just go out and live it. Now, what I'm, what I'm essentially asking is, is it, like we, we read Think and Grow Rich and they talk about sharing out loud, sharing with yeah. other people. Yes. So do you find that to be valuable for the, my audience to do so? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm just at a space in my life where I have to find a new audience to share it with. Mm, gotcha. You Powerful. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I talk about it with my Sam Bactiars. Mm -hmm. with my Louis Fonts, with Edwin. These are all people you've mentioned. That circle, we, we, we share. Gotcha. But, but uh, and then at the beginning, when I was like, I'm gonna make 100 grand a year, yeah, I tell the whole world. Hmm, you know? gotcha. Yeah, the whole world. So, so now, what's the value in sharing those, those goals? I'm gonna make 100 grand, I'm gonna make my first million. I think, first, you gotta be careful how you do it, okay. and, and who you do it with, right? Um, but second, I think it's just the power of declaration. Gotcha. You know, there's a lot of power in the tongue, absolutely. Where, who did you share with in your life in the beginning? Was it with your broker? Was it with your... your well, your, I think your... I started right by telling my broker I was going to be number one. Okay. Right? Which, by the way, I was number two that year, first year of the business. Um, but I would always tell my little brother. That, that, that's why, you know, if you want to have somebody on your show, that's who you need to have on your show. He's power. He's power. But he had no choice to be... And you're power. talking about Anthony? Anthony. He had no choice because... He literally saw me manifest the whole story. So he has no choice but to believe that everything is possible. Wow. That's gotcha. why he's as powerful as he is. Gotcha. So you even inspired your brother to grow. Oh, I mean, you know, we still laugh to this day. I remember, you know, literally, it, you know, one year we're broke living in a two bedroom apartment. And like 24 months later, I have 10000 $10, checks that wow. came in in one day. Wow. And I'll never forget, I'm sure I go, Money, look. That's his nickname. I go, Money, look, look what happened, right? One day, 100 grand. And he goes, could you just give me one? You know, so you know, as 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 you know, at that time I'm 20, 21 years old. He's 11 or 12. That 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 imprints something in your head. You know what I mean? He had no choice but to be successful. Now, as as a man working with another man who's his brother, is there any ego that's that's in the family because of that? He's working for you. I think there's so much. First off, I will say we are both very competitive, mm. very competitive. So it's funny, like if we're all playing golf, if he's playing golf next to me, my golf game is to shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want him to beat me. He doesn't want me to beat, you know. 
But we all we want each other to do good. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? But there is a natural competitive. But no, man, I think that we've been working around each other long enough to where he genuinely knows, like, and this is not just my brother, this is everybody. I give everybody as much opportunity to grow as you can. And by the way, if you ever want to grow past me, go. Like, uh, that's why, that's one of the things that I do to keep me motivated. I got to keep setting the bar. I got, gotcha. You know, last year I started flying private, you know, and for a lot of small-minded people that bothered, bothered them. Why is that? Because they're small-minded. Okay. It's just plain and simple. So when you're small-minded, you see someone else doing great things, it makes you discomfortable or uncomfortable. So what do you do? You start to bitch and moan about it. Because gotcha. that, that validates you. I hope, I hope you in my audience don't bitch and moan the fact that he's flying private. I hope, no, yeah. I hope, I hope you're actually inspired. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right? You know. Yeah, because I'm the kind of dude, dude, this is how I am. I'm like, do you want to go with me? Yeah. Okay, great. Here's a goal. Why don't you do this? If you do this goal by the end of this day, I'll bring you on a flight with me. That's, I, I'm so giving like that, dude. All right. So, so what I got to do? Uh, she's Luis. Look, look. That's on the spot. Because, no, because that, that, inspired, that inspires me. You know, yeah. when, I, when I wanted to work for Les Brown, they gave me a target. I said, they said, you hit the target, you go on tour. Right. I was the youngest person on tour. Yeah. My yeah. first company, my first million, I hit the target. That's right. So anything I can do. So you tell me what the target is. All right, I'll think about that. I'll think about All right. that. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was even, even with us, you know, Edwin, they, they gave me the opportunity to drive a Lamborghini. That was the first time I ever drove a Lamborghini. That's, you see, that was a great thing. Sam, the Rolls Royce, that's yeah. the first opportunity. Uh, the yacht party, I was telling you about the yacht party. I had a yeah. target for the yacht party, I hit the yeah. target. Yeah. Now my next target, I was actually talking to my assistant. I said, what do I do next? Now I did a yacht. Fly private. I love it. Fly private. Okay. So that would be dope. Okay, so now you go from you go from tortilla guy to a pretty much real estate mogul. Would you agree? I don't know about mogul, man. I mean, I have a big company and yeah. so many people in the real estate. Now, in, in my last three years of doing the seminars, I go to different real estate offices and I do presentations. Mm-hmm. Majority of them that I've been to, they know who Danny Morell is. Whether they are in terror or not, yeah, yeah. I, I was doing presentations for Keller Williams, uh, Remax, Century Twenty One. Yeah, you know, you know, have you heard about Danny Morell? Mm-hmm. You know, so you're making a staple in the name for real estate. What is your vision now for your terror real estate? How are you going to get that to become a national brand? Yeah, I, I mean, I think for sure within the next twenty four months we're going to start franchising. Gotcha. For sure, um, I don't know that we have an interest in owning more offices. I think that we have built the model. We've proven that the model works. We've proven, I mean, I'm not bashful to say this. We provide more value than a Remax than a Century 21 that are Keller Williams and than anybody does for anybody who's thinking about opening a real estate brokerage. I think that the, the real estate industry is definitely about to experience a shift. We will be positioned in front of that shift. And I, th- I think we're going to be an, an incredibly large national brand. Really Where is this shift taking place to? What is it shifting to? Um, I, I think that it's, uh, uh, becoming more and more technology based. Okay. So you've got to learn how to generate leads, um, uh, online, but I think also the, the relationship between and the value that a broker, for example, provides for an agent, you know, before you used to be able to get away with not providing any value. Now you can't because all the agents want hundred percent commission. Hmm. So, and they want a hundred percent commission because you're not doing anything for them anyway. So why not? Gotcha. You know, I, I understand that, you know, well with our company, we're literally one of like the only companies in the country who literally, it's like being a part of a coaching company, being at our company, like statistically, it's and that proven. was your vision. That's what you want to Oh yeah, create. for sure. Like it's statistically proven. I could take you, I don't care who you know, I don't care where they are. If they're around here, we could look in the MLS. 
our agents per agent sell more houses per individual than any other brokerage around here. So what makes you different than, let's say, Keller or Century 21 Remax and all the other companies? What makes Enter different? I, I think it's what I think it's the same. You know what makes my different my my event different than any other event? It's the heart behind it. Look, man, you can do business for the sake of doing business. Mm -hmm. You can do business because you want to make money. Or you can do business because you want to change people's lives. Gotcha. Those are two different things. So your heart, your heart that you want to change people's lives, what makes because you different than Because if I change people's wants? lives, the money comes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you don't see other brokers at five in the morning taking a picture for accountability at the gym every single day like every one of our leaders do so that other all, all of our other agents do the same thing. Anthony actually inspired me when he yeah. was doing the 430. Yeah. So now I wake up with Sam to go to the gym. Yeah. So I, I start tagging Anthony. There you go. Yeah. Because yeah, it is truly inspiring. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we like we started that. He started that actually. You know? He started that. And you don't you don't see brokers who teach people how to role play and how to sell every morning we practice. You you don't see that anywhere. You don't see some of the mindset, I mean, just this week of loan, I did three private live mindset calls for all of our agents. It, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like being a part of a mastermind group. Right, That's right. It's, yeah. Right. You, so, you, you just can't compare it. You so what was one of your biggest fears on your upcoming? Dude, I literally see the positive in everything. I don't know. So you didn't have fear? I just know what I want and I just put my head down and I go get it. Now, did you feel the fear? I mean, I feel... I feel, f I'm sure I do, yeah, but I, I just don't harbor it. I, it's like as if you're not, you're, not, you're not human. It's like you're not human, it's like, cause you're, you're like, do I even, you're even questioning, like, do you even feel fear? I, I mean, I'm sure I do, yeah. I just don't think about it, acknowledge it, or care to hold on to it. Gotcha, so you, you really just like, let it, let it leave your body, let it leave your mind. Well, what else is there to do? Hold on to it and make you jack you up. Nah, got it, got it. So now, when you, when you were growing, when you were growing from the tortilla boy, the tortilla delivery person, to to now, at what point did you decide that you wanted to create a family? Because I I messaged you on Instagram about that, and I was really inspired about that. You know, growing me growing up with my father not being I mean, present. I you know that I, I I told you, that's that's something that I've always wanted because I didn't have one, right. I didn't have that family. That but when was the decision? How old were you when you decided? I don't know that it was a decision. You didn't? No, I just know that it was something that I always wanted. You see, that's what I'm trying to say is that most men, when they're in their young 20s, they ain't even thinking about that. I was thinking about it since I was like 17 years old, 16, 15 years old. Right, and, I, and, I, and I'm thinking about it too as well. So, but you didn't decide, it just kind of happened? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was just always wired to want a family. Yeah, one kids. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then, but again, there's a downfall to that. Don't rush things is what I'm trying to tell you. Don't rush it. Please, don't rush it. All right, and then what has that done to your game in business now that you have kids? And how many kids do you have? Three boys. Three boys, okay. Like, I'll give you an idea. Today, I picked them up at four. I shut off for the rest of the week. Like, I literally, I only work like Monday through Thursday. I don't, I, I'm taking them to Vegas. We're hanging out. We're going to a dog show. We're... So you're, you're, uh, you're talking about from your company, from work? Yeah, know? from work period. Like okay. I have built my life in a way to where my business is run so that I can facilitate great time with my kids. Okay. And then now in, in the upcoming of your... And, and by the way, mm -hmm. if it means that I make less money, so be it. 
family's important to you. That's, it's Number not one. important. It's look, you know this. I, growing up without a father, I that's just not an option. That's just not something I'm I'm gonna do. Gotcha. You want to make sure you're there for your kids. Yeah, and I'm and I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of people that make a lot of money say and pitch the whole family thing, but just look at the fruits of their life. They aren't connected with their kids. It's just talk. Like I genuinely, and I'm telling you that because at one point I wasn't. I, I can admit that. I, I genuinely want to be connected with my kids. And I genuinely want to work at it. Now, do you want your kids to be entrepreneurs? I want my kids to be whatever it is that they want to be. If you had a choice? My choice is that they become whatever they want to be. Gotcha. I, I believe, and I've imprinted in their minds, and I've taught them lessons, that it is important to be an entrepreneur, that, it, that there is a difference between rich and poor, that it is all about the decisions that they make. They, they know that. They know that. I show them clear examples. I literally, you know, show them just very clear examples to just help them to start seeing those things. But I don't want them to ever feel the pressure of having to do something just because dad did it. That's, that's not fun. Gotcha. So now, now you're in their lives on a, on a regular basis, and that's, that's awesome. I acknowledge you for that. And especially being, a, being one who your father wasn't there. Where was your father? Uh, he, he just checked out. He just, uh, well, how old were you when he left? 13. 13. Yeah. And then where's your mom now? She passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. And then so now what are you looking to create in the lives of the people that work for you now? So I know you're looking to inspire them and you're looking to support them grow and you've been doing that through your coaching. But now do you have a vision for where you're going to take these guys, your 400 agents next? Yeah, my, my vision is wherever they want to go. It's always been like that. You got to understand when you're dealing with this many people, not everybody's vision is the same. Not everybody believes the same. Not everybody wants the same. Not everybody's willing to put in the same amount of work. My job and our job is literally to help just ignite, every ignite freaking them. day, just push a button, push a button, push a button to at least give them a chance to help them see what's possible. Okay. And then, like they say, the cream rises to the top right. and then you work with the cream. Okay. Know? And then the last thing I want to ask you is regarding the new entrepreneurs, the people who are between year zero and five, what was your work ethic like for when you were single between year and five, zero and five? Insane. Paint the picture. What does it look like? Seven days a week, 24 hours. You just don't have an option. Gotcha. You don't have an option because you haven't arrived. You haven't done anything yet. So why waste time? So what do you, so what are you, are you telling the people who say have the work-life balance, even you're, though you're in zero to five? Work-life balance right now when you're young and you don't have kids and, and you're just getting started? No. You gotta understand something. A business is like a child, mm -hmm. and a business goes through stages. The first stage of a baby is uh, of a baby is birth, right. right? That's just like a business. I'm sorry to say this, but babies could die. Yeah. Because they're so fragile. Hmm. Well, so can businesses. The second stage is toddler, of a baby, right? They're barely learning to walk. You gotta be around them. You gotta be taking care of them. You gotta, right? Yeah. Well, just like a baby, a business, you gotta be around it all the time as well. You know what I'm saying? Right on. It's a bit, think of a business just like a human being. And here's where most people make the mistake, they get into teenager zone. There's different zones, but they finally, you know, just like a human being. A teenager thinks he's cool. A teenager thinks he, he, he figured it all out. A teenager thinks he, he's arrived. Just like a business, be careful. The minute you think you're cool and you've arrived is the minute the thing is about to fall apart. Gotcha. A business is, you wanna make it succeed, you gotta pay the price. Thank you so much for being on the show, Danny. You got it, man. Thank you. Thank you.